It's time to bust the myth of Fed Omnipotence by John Wolfenbarger, an audiomesis wire narrated by Million Quinteros. Economists, investors, business people, and yes, even our wise politicians seem to believe that the Federal Reserve, using its various tools to create money out of thin air, which is illegal for mere mortals like us, can control the economy and financial markets any way it likes. In particular, these people believe that the Fed doesn't want a recession and a stock bear market, and the Federal Reserve can simply prevent these economic events from happening. The market is much bigger than the Fed. However, the world doesn't work that way. The economy and financial markets are much bigger and more powerful than the Fed. The reason the Fed appears to work in preventing recessions and bear markets is that recessions and bear markets are typically much shorter than economic expansions and bull markets. It's as simple as that. The market is ultimately in control and the Fed just goes along for the ride. Since the Fed is almost always creating new money, it appears as though it is driving the economy and stock market to new heights. Let's compare the size of the Fed to the economy and financial markets to gain some perspective. The Fed's total assets are $8 trillion. That amount is very big relative to my assets. Yes, being able to create money out of thin air is very helpful in accumulating assets. But it is still much smaller than the economy and stock and bond markets. The gross domestic product, GDP of the United States, is three times bigger than these assets, and global GDP is over 12 times bigger. The U.S. stock market is nearly six times bigger, and the global stock market is nearly 14 times bigger. The U.S. bond market is six times bigger, and the global stock market is 16 times bigger. The Fed has been a massive failure. The Fed was supposedly given three main goals by Congress. Number one, maintain a stable price level. Number two, maintain full employment. And number three, maintain low interest rates. If the Fed were really in control, we would always have something like 2% inflation. Also, why 2%? Why not 0% or negative 2% or some other number? 4% unemployment and 0.5% interest rates. The low interest rates are particularly important for the government since it has so much debt. However, we obviously don't live in the Fed's ideal world. If the Fed was really in control, how did they allow the Great Depression of the 1930s to happen? Or the stagflation of the 1970s with double-digit inflation and interest rates? Or the Great Recession of 2008-9? Or the high, transitory, never-ending inflation we've had in recent years? Perhaps most importantly for the Fed's real constituents, the federal government and the banks. How did the Fed allow interest rates on 10-year Treasury bonds to skyrocket from 0.52% in 2020 to nearly 5% this year? How did the Fed allow Treasury bond prices to collapse 50% in three years? How did the Fed allow federal interest expense to more than double to over $1 trillion in three years? How did the Fed allow the ratio of federal interest expense to federal tax receipts to double to 15% over the past two years? How did the Fed allow the KBW Bank Index, Bank of America, Citigroup, and other bank stocks to fall more than 40% in the past two years? How did the Fed allow three of the four largest bank failures in U.S. history to occur in 2023? How did the Fed allow banks to lose over $500 billion on their investment securities in the past couple of years? 
How did the Fed allow itself to generate a negative net worth of $2.4 trillion? Maybe the Fed really cares about the American people. Maybe it feels really bad about causing the Great Depression, the Great Recession, high unemployment, and high inflation. Or maybe it doesn't care that much. Who knows what goes on in the minds of central planning government bureaucrats? However, it is obvious that the Fed did not want to lose so much money for the government, banks, and itself. If this doesn't dispel the myth of Fed omnipotence in the minds of the American people, I don't know what will. The Fed cannot prevent the coming recession. Since the Fed does not control the economy, that means it cannot contain the coming recession. Why should we expect a recession? Here are 11 key reasons why I believe a recession is coming soon. Number one, the money supply, as defined by the Austrian School of Economics, has been declining over 10% for more than six months. That is the steepest decline in the money supply since the Great Depression of the 1930s. Austrian business cycle theory explains why this should lead to a major economic recession, if not a depression. Number two, over the past 18 months, the Fed has allowed the higher short-term market interest rates and increased the federal funds rates at the most aggressive pace in decades. This always results in a recession. Number three, due to this rapid increase in short-term interest rates, the yield curve spread between long-term and short-term treasury securities has been negative or inverted for over a year. That has occurred eight times since the late 1960s, and every single time there has been a recession within a year or two. Number four, the net percentage of banks tightening lending standards has risen to over 30%, which has always resulted in a recession. Number five, the net percentage of banks reporting weaker loan demand has risen to over 50%, which has always resulted in a recession. Number six, the conference board's leading economic index has been declining for 18 straight months and is at levels only seen during recessions. That is the longest period of decline in the index outside of the major recessions in 1973-74 to and 2008-9. Number seven, new housing starts have declined over 25%, and private residential fixed investment has declined over 10%, which happens in recessions and rarely outside of recessions. Number eight, corporate profits have declined 4%, which happens in recessions and rarely outside of recessions. Number nine, continuing unemployment claims have increased a whopping 28% year over year. Historically, every time continuing claims have risen more than 10% from prior year levels, there has been a recession. Number 10, industrial production is now down 0.7% year over year. Industrial production always declines in recessions and rarely outside of recessions. Number 11, the Institute for Supply Management PMI Manufacturing Survey shows manufacturing has been contracting below the neutral 50 level of the survey for 12 months, and new orders have been contracting for 14 months. According to Timothy R. Fiore, chair of the Institute for Supply Management Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, the manufacturing PMI registered 46.7% in October, 2.3 percentage points lower than the 49% recorded in September. The overall economy dropped back into contraction after one month of weak expansion preceded by nine months of contraction and a 30-month period of expansion before that. 
a manufacturing PMI above 48.7% over a period of time generally indicates an expansion of the overall economy. The New Orders Index remained in contraction territory at 45.5%, 3.7 percentage points lower than the figure of 49.2% recorded in September. The Employment Index registered 46.8%, down 4.4 percentage points from the 51.2% reported in September. The American people are engaged in a massive case of wishful thinking when they believe the Fed can prevent a recession and stock bear market, given all the historical evidence to the contrary. The huge rise in interest rates over the past couple of years, driven by the highest inflation rates in 40 years as a result of the Fed's incredibly irresponsible 40% increase in the money supply, in response to a virus, is virtually guaranteed to cause a major recession and stock bear market as I warned about over two years ago. Now is the time to buckle up and prepare for the next Fed-created disaster. As a reminder, preventing future economic disasters is rather simple, but not politically easy. For more content like this, visit Mises.org.